say that, that I think it's just important that we have something that we can go to that's consistent. You know, we talk about spending time with God. And, you know, some people, if you're from the 90s, you know what it's called. QT. Yep. Did you get in your closet today? What? What are you talking about? Okay, um, quiet time. Right? And, well, you know, why is that important? Well, you know, I was having a talk with someone. I, I asked him, I said, where, where is the base that you're basing your life off of? From which base are you leaping into your day? And what I find is that the consistency of spending time with God brings us into a more intimate relationship with Him. Therefore, when we're out and about and things are going on, that we can read these lyrics and we can sing these lyrics and they actually mean something. When we sing these lyrics, they're more than just songs. Uh, Dan Wilt of, uh, of the Vineyard said this, songs are a place that we go. I want to tell you guys a little story, and I don't have this in my notes, but and I'm going to try my best. Uh, so we sing it as well. Thank you, choir. You guys didn't hear the reverberating that I heard through my in-ears. Which is good stuff, because here's what it took me back to. Uh, it took me back to... Um, a Southern Baptist church here in Lakeland, Florida. Southern Baptist church. And guess what was there? Guess who was there? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit Amen. was there. And guess who was leading that song? Rick. When I was 12, <laughs> and you're like, how long ago was that? Because you only look like you're 23. <laughs> Says the person with that needs glasses. Okay. Rick was only seven. <laughs> no, but I thought about that, and I thought about, wow, this, this one time I remember being in a Sunday evening worship service because um, that's where we were. And, I just remember being just totally impacted by worship. And as we talked this morning, as I listened to the recording, what I, what I remember was the reverberation of voices in this building that had 40-foot, 30-foot ceilings, and the reverberation of voices that made music. And it was there that I started to fall in love with music. It was there that God touched me in a different way through melodies of songs and then through lyrics. Some of those, I have a four-letter word in them. It's called a hymn. And they're really good. And they're really deep. And sometimes what we do is, I just want everybody to know this, is when we sing these songs that are more contemporary, our hope is that they are hymns of the modern age, that they have this depth in them yeah. that brings us closer to the King Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so I'm a sucker for a cappella stuff. When we can just hear voices. And we can hear people saying, you might be like, I can't sing at all. Just look it up. 
Because, man, it makes a beautiful sound. And so I want to cast us up this morning to where we are in this portion of the story in John. We know that Jesus is now arrested. Jesus was taken to the house of uh, Caiaphas or Annas. And then he was brought before Caiaphas. I had to slow that down. Last week I messed that up. Yes, it, was, it was planetary. Right, so here is the deal. Um, in the meantime, uh, Peter has denied him, Jesus that is. And then what I want us to do is remember the, the preceding chapters. Okay, chapter 13, Jesus washes the disciples' feet, showing them that they must serve others. That the king of kings came to serve. And then Jesus predicts his betrayal and Peter's denial. In chapter 14, Jesus assures the disciples that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that there's no other way to the Father except through Him. And then He promises the Holy Spirit will come and guide them and strengthen them. In chapter 15, Jesus implores the disciples to stay connected to Him, that He is the source of life. And through this connection, they will produce fruit. But they will also experience, because of their connection to him, they will experience hatred. <coughs> Chapter 16, Jesus once again talks about the Holy Spirit who will guide them, and then that sadness will be turned to joy. Chapter 17, Jesus prays a beautiful prayer over the disciples that are among him, and also the disciples who would follow them. He prays for disciples throughout the age. And that is amazing. And then everything begins to happen. The betrayal, the arrest, the denial, which brings us to our verses today. John 18, 28 through 36 says this. You got it up there? Yeah. This is hilarious. You know I forgot? My Bible. And I don't have it in my notes. I'm going to read it over here. So, sorry, I don't have it that hidden in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah, here we go. Okay, so Jesus' trial before Caiaphas ended in the early hours of the morning. And then he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't go inside because it would defile them and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate the Passover. So Pilate, the governor, went out to them and asked, What is your charge against this man? We wouldn't have handed him over to you if, we weren't, if he weren't a criminal, they retorted. And then, then, take him away and judge him by your law, Pilate told them. Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone, the Jewish leaders replied. This fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews, he asked. Jesus replied, is this your own question, or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate retorted? 
your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for a trial. Why? What have you done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. In this passage, we see that the religious leadership does not want to defile themselves. I'm joking. Dust off of it. Oh, there it was. Josh wrote me in my so they don't want to defile themselves by entering into the home of a Gentile. And they didn't want to defile themselves because they thought it was important to participate in Passover. Now don't you find this course of action a bit curious, yeah. a bit questionable, right? That you are bringing a man who is innocent, who, are, who you are trumping up charges against, you won't enter a home where the accused is going to be questioned because you want to stay holy. <laughs> Man, I laughed at it, right? When I read it, it's like, that's kind of funny. It's kind of ridiculous, right? But then, I thought of my own Because we brought up against this theme before in the name of God. Right? The zealousness that we sometimes approach them in the name of God. Only to realize later that we might have been actually opposed to the heart of the Father. And so what I want to ask is a question that's rhetorical. Have you ever done this? Have you ever judged other people while trying to stay holy? It was rhetorical, but I heard some yeses, and I heard some yes. <laughs> so I know you have, and I know that I have, right? What a ridiculous thing to do. The ridiculousness that we would judge, I mean, you know, Jesus himself, don't judge others. What does that mean? Does that mean I can never be critical? I can never hold somebody accountable? No, judgment is in the heart. Judgment of others is saying that there, there is nothing good that can come from you. That's judgment. Have we ever done that? <coughs> I'm learning in this program that I'm in that the people whom we deal with are the experts about their own lives that we really aren't as a, as a party that's outside of them. And how do I know that that is true? Because I know the deepest depths and the ugliest parts of me that no one else knows. Which makes me an expert on myself. I know the deception that I even try to bring before the Father. 
I know the worship that I might bring in the midst of judging others. I know the worship that I might bring in the midst of unforgiveness to others. Now, yes, we serve a merciful God, but here's what I want to ask. Paul asked the same question was this, should I go on sinning so that grace may abound? Or should I deal with my stuff and live out of grace? I think Chuck told me this one time that the way that I forget exactly how he put it, but it was basically the isn't it funny the way that we want others to? Yeah, what do you we, say? We, yeah. judge, we judge others by by their actions and ourselves by. We judge others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. Yeah. Guilty party one. <laughs> so I'm gonna take I'm taken aback here by Jesus' words in verse 36 in particular. My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. And this just leads to our first takeaway, is this. Set up camp. Do not build your home. <laughs> I say this because I'm in awe of Jesus' words. Because I know that my own lack of ability to live this out outside of the Holy Spirit is impossible. In other words, can I easily say these words and actually mean them? That I am part of a kingdom that is not an earthly kingdom. Can I say that my first allegiance my first commitment is to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. And most importantly, over can I confess those words, is can I live that out in my life? Because we can say a lot of things and mean few of them. <coughs> or we can say a few things and mean them. Can I bring a non-anxious presence of Jesus into a room where I don't have to be in control? Can I show up with confidence that God is in control? Can I really meet people where they are like Jesus met people where they are? Can I have some sort of empathy for their situation, though I might not agree with their choices? See, Jesus met people where they are, and he displayed the reality of the kingdom of God to them. And then, guess what he did? He let them decide if they wanted to follow him. And he loved them same if they rejected him. He said something. This is going to be a flash forward here. Spoiler alert. You don't want to know. <laughs> he looks to his 
left and his right, and he sees criminals. One rejects, one accepts. You'll be with me today in paradise. And he says these words as he's hanging on a cross, being just mistreated. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I think sometimes what we do is we, we put that statement, but that's Jesus. But the question that I'm, I'm asking and I'm begging of us today is, are we not supposed to be followers and imitators of Jesus? That's right. Not Christian by this group that we're in, but Christ followers by the life that we're living. Right. See, I'm not called to dismiss those who don't follow Christ. But I'm called to invite them into the kingdom of God, to know Jesus. I'm called to be a non-anxious presence in a room where there might be a lot of anxiety. I'm called to be a non-anxious citizen in a society where there's a lot of anxiety. I'm not called to come blazing in yelling at people that I disagree with. Isn't it great, yesterday we're sitting down and watching football again. We know your team is winning. I watched this other game, it was on the SEC, and there's this one team called the Tennessee Bulls. <laughs> which we have to admit is the one of the stupidest names in all the football. <laughs> but anyways, I'm not bitter. <laughs> so they were playing another team called Florida Gators, which I don't even know if we can call them a team issue. Anyways, I'm watching this game, and I'm watching the Gators do their thing, which is lose. <laughs> um, I'm watching the balls do a thing that they haven't known about in a while. Which is <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I got seven people ready to do Okay. And it's certain like sports are that they're just that important. <laughs> they're already typing the email. Um, and, and so, so anyways, we're sitting there, but here's what hit me the game was, you know, it was awful, fabulous for some. Um, and, and so, but, but in the midst of this game, here comes, these, it's his the season, election's coming up. It's his the season to be ugly. Oh, it's so good. You know what's even better is when your 15-year-olds recognize the grossness of the commercials. When they're like, that's... Rude. <laughs> no kidding. That's just rude. Like, why would someone do that? Even if running against them. And so, what does that do? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think those commercials bring down anxiety. I think they kind of crank them up. You know, just a general anxiety. Um, oh yeah, another thing I like to say. Um, I'm not called to have an opinion on everything. 
Dude, we live in an instant Twitter verse, don't we? Yeah. Andy, what's your opinion on this? I don't know. Pause for a second. Nor do I care at this moment. Yes, sir. Now, now I don't I don't want to be dismissive. Like, oh, you can't we can't be involved in anything. I'm not saying that at all. Is my first allegiance to a king and his kingdom. That's right. That's what I'm asking myself later. And when I see these hateful acts, I wonder. What is it? What is my first allegiance? What is it? What is it that, man, does that amp me up? That's right! Let's go! I mean, I hate to see the ad that was made about me. Like, if it was for real, right? Like, if I had ugly things in my life, if... He <laughs> just... <laughs> Going to production next week. <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. They said they'll have a production next week for those listening on the podcast. And, and so, you know, but, but the thing that I should know is the truth that's found in Christ. Amen. And so we're going to continue here in 18. And that first takeaway is set up camp. Because, guys, I just want to say this out of camp, you can do everything that you need to do. We've camped several times. You, could, you can make food. You can actually, you could, if you had camp, you could grow things. You could do this, but it's just not my home. Right? And so what we can do sometimes when we say, well, I'm just, I'm, this is not my home. What we can do is we can turn our backs on the world which we live in, which we're not called to do. We're called to be an integral part of what is going on. We're part of the restoration process that the kingdom would come, that your will would be done on earth as it is on heaven, or in heaven. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to turn our back on the world. That's right. We're called to be a part. We're called to be changers. And I'm not going to even say world change. Just change in the way that we live and the influence that we have on other people. And, well, do you just like people because you want them to know Jesus? I mean, the real answer is Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty noble. Like if we have this eternal goal, I would want people to know about it. So yes, do I befriend people because of Jesus? Yes. But I'm not, not in a using way. In a way because I want you to interact with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that you might know him. You might be set free. Chapter 18, verse 37. Pilate said, So you are a king. Jesus responded, You say, I am king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. Pilate says, what is truth? And then he went out against the people and told them, He is not guilty of any crime, but you have a custom of asking me to release one prisoner each year at Passover. Would you like me 
to release the king of the Jews. But they shouted back, no, not this man. We want Barabbas. And Barabbas was a revolutionary. Takeaway number two. Don't trade heaven for Rome. Don't trade your birthright for a ballot box. Every political battle that we are experiencing in the world and closer in America involves actual breathing human beings that we call people, that we call neighbors, that we call friends, and we call foes. And then the question I have asked myself lately is this, God, what are you up to? What are you up to? Not in a hopeless way. Oh God, what are you up to some days? <laughs> right? Anybody with me on that? God, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but I ask it too in this way, God, what are you doing in a curious way? I want to know what you're doing so that I can join you in what you are doing. There's so much going on. There's everything needs an opinion. There's this video to watch, and this thing to watch, and read this, and do this, and check this out, and here's this, and here's that, and here. What? What are you doing in our midst? And here's the better question. What are the things that I can control and have a part in? Not control like in the chess game, but the things that I can do to know Jesus more. The things that I can do so that I can have an intimate relationship with the Father through the Son and powered by the Holy Spirit. What are those things? So God, what are you up to is not a hopeless thing. Can I say this? I'm going to. <coughs> Guys, in some sense, we have traded heaven for Rome. In some ways, <coughs> we have given Rome our allegiance. And now when you start talking like this, People start getting raised eyebrows. Start saying things like, I think he's a Marxist. <laughs> he's got to be a socialist. And you don't have to veer very far on either side for you to either be a flaming liberal or a flaming conservative. Mm -hmm. So you want thought to be like this. 
with no like, I mean, I can empathize with this group here. You know, but what we do is we, we move a little bit to the right, and all of a sudden, we're crazies. We move a little bit to the left, and all of a sudden, we're crazies. Is my first allegiance to the king and his kingdom. When I think of issues, do I think of people, or do I think of the people as problems? I mean, we get in, you want to name, name things that bother people. Is immigration? Is that a, is that a, is that a trigger? <coughs> Abortion? Is that a trigger? LGBTQ? Is that a trigger? Welfare? Is that a trigger? Do you realize that these are all political things? center of those things are people. Like real people's lives. And so what I want us to do, and I hemmed and hawed about this all week, here's what I know for me. And what I'm going to encourage you to do. As we enter this time of reflection, it's going to be about 4 minutes and 33 seconds. How do I know that? That's how long the song is. <laughs> what I would ask of you is this. You will be offended at this song. Some of you will be more offended than others. What I'm asking of you is to come to the song that we're going to listen to reflecting on the Father's heart. What I would ask of you is to take your blue flag or your red flag, your elephant, your donkey, and I would ask you to put them down the feet of Jesus. So when we listen to this song, I just want us to listen. The words are going to be displayed. But I want us to listen to them. If you don't want to watch the words, if you don't want to watch the words up there, that's great. Right? If you just want to listen to them. But with the ears of followers of Jesus, how he met people. The song is called Citizens.
see what you're doing and join you in what you're doing. But before that, seen the person but not seen the image of God dwells with them. <clears throat> As we leave this place today, when we leave here with you as our first from now.